The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 403 of this here Spanish Announce Table. Man, we had a fun week of pro wrestling. We've got some very fun stuff to talk about. We've also got some not-so-fun stuff to talk about. And of course, we're going to get into all of that, but we want you to know we invite you to join in on the conversation. Chat with us live right here. We're live on YouTube. You can watch us on SpanishNounceTable.net, but you can chat with us live on YouTube. And you can hit us up on Twitter using hashtag TweetTheTable. Uh, we're going to read some of those on the show later. Uh, we love wrestling friends. Wrestling friends. Wrestling fans? <laughs> wrestling friends we love. Wrestling fans we might have a beef with, and we'll talk more about that on the show. It's all these teasers, Tom. Teaser, teaser, yeah. teaser. Just radio coming back to me right here. I but we're going to talk about it all. I, 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 I've had a fun week of pro wrestling. I don't know we have. You, Tom. We have so much to talk about. I am mm. fired up. I think I've been sending you hot takes via uh, video messages and all text all fucking all day. day. I'm just so fired up. I can't wait. So let's get into it. We're going to save the, the meat and potatoes for a little bit down the road, but we're going to start off with what we typically always start off with. And that's the recap of our favorite pro wrestling television show, AEW Dynamite. And last night uh, it kicked off with a really great match. I thought it was MJF taking on Willer Yuta. And this is how we kicked it off. Kind of like, standard protocol it feels like now for aw where they kind of tease the main event but then do it first right it was mj is in mjf is in action mjf is in action and then here it is mm -hmm. starting off the show just like how uh with uh rampage you'll get that to kick off the show and then it kind of peters down from there this just comes at you right off the jump so mjf versus yuda tim your comments before we break down what happened uh mjf versus yuda was great i love that when mjf finally has these matches i like how he does this too we don't see mjf matches regularly exactly. right i know he was gone for a bit but even but before he leaves that you wanting more leaves mm -hmm. you wanting more and he's not the prototypical shitbag heel who can't do anything and has to buy skin of his teeth or hook or crook beat an opponent he's a good wrestler and beats his opponent he uses some heel tactics and isn't nice about it but he's a good wrestler, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if, we're, if we're watching this as a kayfabe, like, I think this is real, he looks like he can beat a motherfucker's ass. Mm -hmm. So I like that about MJF. And I just, I mean, I like MJF. He's just, he just makes you, as I said last time, even when you like him, you go, I don't fucking, I want to punch that guy in the face. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing I thought about this match is MJF does give his full arsenal in a match with Yuta, who I think deserved it and really needed it. Cause right now in AEW, outside of the people who are suspended, MJF is the guy you're watching. I know John Moxley's your champion and you got Brian Danielson, you got all these people, but really MJF is the calling card right now for AEW weekly television. So everyone was going to watch. And honestly, like you said, he could have easily done the paint by numbers heel kind of match here and just got by and then got to the finish and that's it. But he gave Yuta all of his offense. He took a lot of offense from Yuta, which I thought was great. So I really thought post-match, both guys look good. I also thought as we get to the finish here, uh, MJF winning by submission using a bridge salt of the earth. So it wasn't just a normal one. He had to like escalate it to the next level, but to get a clean finish, because there was no, firm there was no you know back in the day ward low interference anything like that i thought that was really cool that both guys look good but we also got a wrestling match now post match we get some fun so 
MJF gets the victory. He's celebrating. And then Yuta gets up and is like, shake my fucking hand. Like, shake my hand. Like, come on. We know what we just did there. You got the better of me tonight. But, like, let's. And you get MJF. At least give me a reach around, right? Well, but MJF is kind of looking around like, son of a bitch, he's right. And if you go back to their promo from two weeks ago, or or no, it was last week uh, before they had the fight in the crowd. MJF is like, you're one of the best wrestlers in the world. We've wrestled together seven years or however many long years it's been. And so you go back to that uh, promo that he did and, you know, fast forward to this moment here and you see that internal conflict and he's about to shake his hand. He's about to go in there and then fucking Cisco comes in and hits you in the back of the head. What's his name? What's I, his I name? don't know what his name is. Lee Moriarty, uh, I think his name. He's yeah. uh, um, is of the it? firm. Yeah. Lee yeah, Moriarty. That's right. Yeah. Right. Right. But he looks like Cisco, and I'm going to call him Cisco from now on. But if Cisco hits him in the back of the head, and MJF is legitimately upset. He's like, hey, I didn't tell you to come out here. I didn't tell you to do that. And, you know, uh, Lee is kicking his ass, and then here comes Stokely Hathaway. He's like, take the ring. And MJF's like, I don't want to take the ring. He's like, take the ring and hit Yuta in the face. We all know you want to. I'm doing this for you. We're best friends. Let's get this shit done. So he puts the ring on. And before he can get a punch to Yuta's face, William Regal walks up because he's on commentary throughout the entire match. And then we get old school William Regal puts on the brass knucks, makes his way to the ring. He's like, you want to do this? I'm pretty good with these brass knuckles. And MJF thinks better of it. So post-match, are we getting an MJF babyface turn here? What do you think about that? I... Don't know that we're getting an MJF baby face turn, at least not immediately. But I think we may be like long-term setting up mm-hmm. moments so that it's not a bizarre turn, if you will, right? I think he's always thinking ahead of the next move and planting the seeds for the next move. And I think that's what we're getting here. Um, and it's a good way to do that because this Blackpool Combat Club kind of rides that line as well, right? Like it wouldn't be too hard to believe if suddenly they had to go heal for something. Easy. So. I think this is a good, yeah, this is a good fit. It's somebody he's respected, shown respect to, even though he respects nobody. Right. And I think, you know, if you want to go down the the line with the firm are the heels, MJF has a change of heart. That's easy, right? MJF, you know, is the baby face going up against Morrissey and Ethan Page and uh, Lee and, you know, the ass boys all, I mean, right there, like that's easy enough for MJF to do. So, uh, yeah, I think seeds were planted. I don't know if that, yeah, it happens when he becomes champion, but I wouldn't be shocked if quickly after he's champion, he becomes babyface. So we shall see. All right. After the match, uh, we get a quick promo, uh, from JS and they're cutting down, uh, Garcia for not accepting the hat. Jake Hager has his funniest line. The only line I remember where he says, I like this hat because he's wearing the hat. That's the gift. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Hey, pause before we go too deep. That's what they need to do with Hager, right? Like oh. have him say some random off the wall thing where everybody's like, whatever. <laughs> Just well, but that's on. when he's the best. If you recall when uh, MJF joined the inner circle, the thing that Jake Hager was known for was staring down Wardlow and Wardlow staring mm. down him. Those are the best use of, for jake hager is those little things say less say something but say less and do something off the wall don't go with the whole group right do something a little bit off color right that's what i think is great yeah yeah those interrupting moments right where he just says something where they're like okay yeah 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 he's our buddy (laughs) yeah yeah that's cool we totally get what he's saying all right now we get back into the ring we get a really good match here 
and another potential babyface turn. But before we get there, uh, it's Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. These two, just like the match before it, tear it up. They're going back, forth, and whatever not. And they are just going all crazy with the fun flips and shits and the everything goes. And Darby Allen wins by pinfall. Gets the Last Supper, which I thought the ending sequence was good. It was a one-two, a one-two, a one-two, a one-two, all these pin, you know. And then Darby gets the Last Supper, which is a fun pinning combination. Uh, and then he wins. And so, because the rest of Jay Lethal's faction came out when he when they really shouldn't have, uh, Sanjay Dutt and then Satnam Singh, uh, Darby Allen's like, these guys are losers. Like, that's why th- these are who- who's holding you back. And then he does a shake my hand kind of thing. Mm. And Jay Lethal does it. He's like, God damn it. And then takes off, doesn't acknowledge his buddies and just leaves. So what do you think we get from Jay Lethal? Yeah, well, first I thought this is a little bit of a, you know, we've talked about production and continuity theme issues with AEW over the oh, years. And this is one of them. Somebody should have cleared two segments worth of things and realize, Hey, you can't do back to back handshake segment, right? You can't like these two didn't talk to each other apparently, which is fine. They don't need to talk to each other, but when they both run it by, I don't know who the producer is Mark Henry or whatever, mm-hmm. he goes, Hey, whoa, 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 guys. We, you guys are doing the same thing. Uh, tough call. MJF gets it. You guys got to come up with something else. The only thing I can think is maybe the, uh, Thing that links both of them is that Yuta is a Ring of Honor competitor. He's the former pure right. champion. So that's what and they Jay do Lethal, in Ring of Honor. They shake yeah, and Jay Lethal is Ring of Honor. So that's the only thing I could say. But yeah, to your to your statement, break it up with another match in between it. Don't do back to back matches with handshake, you know, finish segments uh, or whatnot. So well, it's it's shocking to me that like the other guys didn't see it and go like, ah, shit, we got to <laughs> go yeah. up with something different here. Yeah. So should be interesting to see what the fallout is from there. I tell you what, I said this on our Twitter at table show, Darby Allen has that it factor. When he walks out the music, the face paint, I know it's not your thing. It's the Jeff Hardy thing, but, <laughs> but he's spinning his wheels too much for the main yeah. event scene to be what it is. We need to enter. So here's what I would blood. do. I think Darby Allen. Needs here's to what it. I would do. And Tony Khan talked about this on an uh, interview he recently did with Ariel Hawani that you shared with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, they don't have enough TV time for the talent they've got. And he's working on that. He's trying to get more TV time and is getting little bits here and there. But, like, he, there's not enough time to showcase everybody. So what Darby Allen can do is I feel like he's prime ready to maybe not be uh, uber babyface, right? I know everybody loves him, but maybe we can even love him. And let's go DX style and let's let him run in a muck. He's got a skateboard crew, and they're just fucking with shit. They're getting in people's business. They're like, what are you going to fucking do about it? You know what I mean? Like, we fucking take what we want kind of a thing. I, I wouldn't hate that, right? He's running around with a bunch of lackeys. I Well, I think the idea of him causing a ruckus is awesome. Because as we've talked about for years now, this is a traveling circus. There needs to be more bumping up into each other and segments bleeding into the next thing. Because that's how real life is, right? It's not a 10 minute segment. These two guys, they leave, insert new two guys, insert a ladies match. It's, you know, fucking bump into each other. This has happened. Well, Britt Baker's now talking to Darby Allen. Why the fuck is that happening? Oh shit. Here comes Wardlow. Like that is a little bit more fun and interesting than segment end 
segment end. <laughs> and that way, if you do the chaos, then you could even have just someone in the segment and, oh, I forgot about Ruby Soho, for example, right? Ruby Soho is in catering, talking to Eddie Kingston. Darby Allens has a skateboard. He bumps into Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston doesn't like that because he was eating his fucking dessert. And those two square off. Ruby Soho breaks him up. You didn't have anything to do with Ruby Soho, but there she was. But the match is Darby Allen and Eddie Kingston, right? Like that's how we can get all of this talent in before we hopefully expand their TV time, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, but going back to Darby Allen, I just think, you know, we have John Moxley, MJF before that it was also CM Punk, um, hangman, Adam page. And it kind of felt like that was just the rotating list of main eventers. And I like all those people. I'm not saying like yeah. kick them out. However, Darby Allen bump, bumping into hangman, Adam page. That's something I'd want to watch, right? Something like that is where I think Darby Allen can get into that next echelon and then elevate a elevation guy into the mid card scene. An Ethan yeah. Page, for example. Is anybody getting elevated from elevation? No. Well, yes, but it takes like a slow drip. Because if you look at uh, Willow Nightingale, she was an elevation talent, and now she's man, in a she's awesome. I love Willow Nightingale. As, as, as I'm getting older, I know all about the slow drip, man. I tell you what, yeah, and I. I mean, the Willow Nightingale, before we get to that match, the best Willow in pro wrestling. Screw you, Jeff Hardy. Uh, now let's get into Brian. I hate that Willow character. I hate it. I get traumatized when I see her come out because it makes me think of him. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> All right. So then, Willow. Let, yeah, let's get into what I thought was the match of the night. There was a lot of great wrestling. The first match with MJF and Yuta, the second match with Darby Allen and Jay Lethal, all great. But for me, big meaty men are slapping meat. I'm all for it. And that's what we got here. We got challenger Brian Cage taking on champion, the AEW TNT champion, Wardlow. And this was fucking cool. I liked everything about it. It was so much fun. Tim, what did you think? I didn't hate this. I honestly, I mean, I didn't think I was going to hate it, but I wasn't like, oh, this is the match I'm looking forward to the most. And I think mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised because usually what we're accustomed to having grown up WWE fans for, you know, more than years, uh, that two big men slapping meat, two big meaty men slapping meat is usually pretty boring and pretty dull, but not, not the case here. Yeah. And also, and I sent this to you, I think in a direct message, I like Wardlow. I like the build that Wardlow uh, did with MJF. I think him as TNT champion is perfect for who he is and where he's at in his career. However, aesthetically, visually, presentation, and then also moveset and match quality, I think I like Brian, Brian Cage. Cage more. Now, yeah. I don't like the person from everything I've read that he has said. I don't read those dirt sheets, but like interviews that Brian Cage has done. I don't think I want to hang out with them, but I don't have to. I watch them on television. So I wouldn't mind <laughs> watching Brian Cage more in this role right. of like eater of worlds. I wouldn't like that. Call yeah. him doomsday. You know what I mean? And just make him. Yeah, that wouldn't be terrible. War paint and just killing people. Like I like that. But post-match. Uh, he's in a faction, by the way, with Prince Nana. And apparently this Prince Nana has been in the leading the embassy for years now. 
Yeah. I don't know, but those guys look jacked. Like they were the Samoans. They were. Yeah. Yeah. And this they, is, the, I was like, woo, don't want to mess with them. Right. And so this is the fun <laughs> part. So post-match the embassy attack Wardlow Samoa Joe comes out. Cause again, we got war Joe, which is a fun just name to say. Eventually. I think those two need to wrestle each other though. Uh, but still they're outnumbered. And here comes the fucking tag team of all tag teams. Everyone's favorite stepdad. FTR comes down for the save. And now it looks like on a live episode of Rampage, we're going to get those two Samoan team or those two Samoan guys in a tag team taking on FTR for the ROH tag team championships. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, this ought to be a good match from what I can tell. I don't know anything about the other folks. So I'm, I'm just basing that on the idea that they probably wouldn't go with a tag team title match if these guys were just terrible. Right. So, um, I'm going to assume they're good and FTR always delivers, right? Yeah. I think FTR can say, be here, be there, be here and have a good match. But the guys right. on the other end from the embassy have the presentation of like, oh shit, they actually might kill FTR if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm interested. I, I can't wait to see what this is going to look like. All right, Tim. So then after a commercial break, we get a little switch up. It's the top of the hour. You think we're going to get a promo or maybe another men's match, but we get a women's match. It's a six women tag team match. Tell you what, I almost, I almost jumped. Wait, was this a face. short show? Was it a one hour it show? It was an extended right for the main event. It was an extended show. I know. I almost jumped out of my shoes when I saw women before eight thirty. I tell you what. I mean, that's usually how I go, that's but not, yeah, <laughs> but. So here I we see go. Win for eight thirty. Can't contain myself. So we get Athena, Tony Storm, your AEW interim world champion, Willow Nightingale, who I mentioned earlier, taking on yep. Jamie Hader, Penelope Ford, Ford, and Serena Deep. In the heels corner was Doctor Britt Baker. In the babyface was, uh, how do you say it again? How do you say Paige's new name? Soraya. 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 And yeah. so here we go. By the way, I missed this in the in the rundown, but I'll jump back to it real quick because it makes sense for this match. Earlier in the night, Britt Baker cut a quick promo saying, guess what? Soraya isn't wrestling because she sucks and I'm a doctor. Blah, blah, blah. And now we get to this match. I liked it. I don't want to go move for move. I thought the people who shine, though, in this match, like I mentioned, Willow Nightingale, Jamie Hayter has a following. She's getting the biggest pops. Yeah. She is over like Rover, as the old people like to say. Yep. Uh, Tony Storm, I still thought looked really good, looked like a champion, even though she's kind of lost in the shuffle here. Uh, but what did you think about this six woman tag? You know, fine. There was action. I really am also, as you're saying, really liking this Willow Nightingale. Is that what Willow Nightingale? Yeah. Um, just a ball of energy, and, and you she... want to chat, clap, and cheer. It's great because she reminds me of Bailey and not no offense to Bailey. I love Bailey. I had a I'm a hugger shirt. I like Bailey mm -hmm. now in this damage hug control. Life. Hug life. I think Bailey of the four of them is the best of the four horsewomen, in my opinion. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. However, Willow is like Bailey, except for her presentation is like she's a bigger wrestler, so she could actually mm -hmm. kick your ass. Where Bailey had that same ball of energy but you're like oh shit she's going up against oscar like this isn't good for her yeah. with willow you're like willow could hang with you know naya 
Jax or yeah. Nyla Rose or Jamie right. Hayter, whoever it is. So yeah. I like that aspect. It's like a lovable hey. run you over like Ray Lewis. You know what I mean? Easy. But like I, I would want to give mean, her a high five, not, but then I trust that she can handle herself in a match, right? I don't have to look yeah. away or put my eyes over right. my or my hands over my eyes. So post-match, uh the, the baby faces win here, but post-match, Britt Baker finds herself surrounded, right? And here we go. Soraya throws a punch and all a punch. all the shit hits the fan. Britt Baker goes out, but Soraya's like, yeah, so. We got the promo earlier from Britt Baker. She's not wrestling, but then we see Soraya punching Britt Baker. What do you think happens here? We see in Soraya in a match. I think we might. I think we're gonna. Oh uh, yeah. I, I think the I think the tease is, oh no, she can't, no, she can't, no, she can't. Well, this Friday she takes on Britt Baker or whatever the next pay-per-view is, right? And it's like, oh shit, yeah. And Soraya's first match in seven years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one thing I want yeah. to touch on. I know we don't want to gas bag too much, but I wanted to, there was one point I did. I wanted to make about our conversation last week about Soraya uh, or maybe two weeks ago um, that I didn't get a chance to make one other thing about Soraya that I think is still uh, interesting or the part that we still want to see her is when she was Paige and she got on the main roster, it was her and AJ and then the Bellas, right? As soon as she gets hurt, that's when that next phase that she was kind of leading makes it to the main roster. And we never got the Becky Lynch versus Paige or. True. And so I think that's yeah, also true. the part of like, damn it. Like, we don't know if it would have been good or bad, but we never got it. So it's like, I wish we could have saw it. And that's where I think some of the, we hope you get back because we want to see you in there. And I think that's where a little of that following comes from is that makes sense. It's almost like a baseball analogy that I like to bring up is uh, Sandy Koufax, for example, Sandy Koufax, one of the best pitchers of all time, world series champion, all of that. But you never saw the tail end of his career because he had to retire in his prime because of an injury. And so you always thought like, what would Sandy Koufax look against Mickey Mantle and all of this stuff? So Magnum I think it's TA for the old heads watching. Exactly. Magnum TA, another perfect example of someone who, man, it would have been cool to see Magnum TA versus Hulk Hogan or whatever. Right. Okay. So let's move on. Now let's get into the most fun segment of the night. Tim, I think you know what we're going to. Mm. We're going to national scissoring day i ah, loved all of this oh all the rap was, was so great <laughs> uh, tim take it over here this was just so much fun. oh yeah i loved all of this i i love how they set it all up too so they're in dc so they set it up politics style right they've got the podium they're delivering speeches that way uh i like that the scissor gift Clearly, the acclaimed had no clue was coming. Billy Gunn gave him that big pair of golden scissors, and you could tell they had no idea what was happening there. Uh, the crowd couldn't be more into this. I mean, the moment they saw like the scissors, they're jumping around. The whole like, uh, please look to your left, look to your right, <laughs> scissor. <laughs> it's like peace be with you, brother, and they're scissors. Yeah. And everybody was like. The, the crowd shots were great there. I know we, we shit on AW's production sometimes, but the crowd shots were great there because the people were just like, did somebody scissor me? <laughs> it was the funnest thing. I couldn't help but laugh at everything. Almost everything said was great. But they also, like, 
made good statements and like talked about like heartwarming stuff about themselves and like humanity in general. Like these guys have found a way to just captivate me for a reason that is unexplainable. If I write it down and explain it to people, they're going to think I'm weird. And yeah. that's, that's the beauty of wrestling sometimes. I loved all of this. Yeah, this was awesome. I also like the explanation of what scissoring is by still though doing the wink wink. You know, it's yeah. a hand gesture. It's to right. show that you're yeah. friends with someone else. But then Max Caster would get in there and like, yeah, scissoring. That's <laughs> scissoring. That's what it is. So I love that it was, hey, on the surface value, if two kids who are in sixth grade, which we'll get to Swerve Strickland in his comments, do the scissoring, they can say to their teacher, to the principal, hey, scissoring is a hand gesture between friends. But we really know what it is. Another takeaway I got from this was this is the reason we watch wrestling. We wait for these moments, right? And this moment was only around because a Max Caster thought at some point, probably on the fly, when they're out there doing the acclaimed have arrived to come up and just scissor his partner, which, you know, who else are you going to do it to? Yeah. Uh, and, and then just kind of kept doing that. And that started to catch on. You know what I mean? Like something that I felt like could have almost had that was remember when um, uh, No Days Off, Darren Young, and 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 the the primetime players, and they were doing that like arm and arm thing, yeah, and guys were in the surfing. crowd doing yeah. that with your buddy. You know what I mean? Like that was a little more intense. This is way easier to do with the scissoring. So I just it's that right? Like if he hadn't done that, maybe the acclaim is nowhere near the heights that they are now because that just didn't take off. And it's right. Like, but this is why we watch, right? We get these moments for long-term, like just joy of like this. It's not even long-term storytelling. This is just something that like we're rewarded with. That's humorous for over what, two, three years now. And it's great. Yeah. And another thing that was really great is they took a scenario where Anthony Bowens was injured and he couldn't jump up out of yep. his chair and do the acclaimed have arrived. So he just does scissor me daddy ass because of Billy Gunn is there and yeah. that takes off. So yeah, I thought it was all great. Now well, and Dan Housen's influence with the, with the daddy ass portion, like if yeah. that doesn't come along, just right. all these things that had to happen to make this perfect <laughs> scissoring. It's the best. I don't know. Aura. It's the best. I love it. And I want to aggressively scissor people. And I like the thing is you can't, if you don't know they're wrestling fans. Well, that's how you know a wrestling fan. That's how you know a wrestling fan. I'm going to start when people go to shake their hands, I'm going to reach out with two fingers first. Oh, my wife will (laughs) not do that with me. The only thing I've asked for Christmas is for her to do that. Just to do the handshake. She's like, do you want like a new jacket? New one? No, I just want you to do this. No, just scissor me. We're going to put it on TikTok and we're going to do it. That's all I want. So hey, ask her how much will we need to get the fans of the Spanish announce table to donate to a cause of her choice. Okay. Yes. To scissor. So, and then we'll do right. that. Okay. I will I will clip this and send it all to right. you. All right. All yes. right. So now let's enter in the coolest guy on AEW's roster. Still, Max Caster's awesome. Anthony Bones is great. All of the fun and all of that. Now he's looking uh to be presented more as a as a heel. So we'll see what that looks like. But enter Swerve Strickland. And he comes out and he speaks truth to power and power in this case was the tag team champs and that crowd. Cause they did not like him. And he just goes right after Billy Gunn and just says, mm-hmm. you should be holding the championships. Those two bums next to you didn't do anything. You were the one. So then next week, me and you are going to fight and I'm going to beat your ass. And here we go. So now we've got swerve Strickland versus Billy Gunn, a match that, 
if you told me six months ago it was happening, I would have thought it was going to be on dark and I wouldn't care. And now it's going to be on dynamite and it's something I want to know how it unfolds. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Uh, um, right before I answer uh, uh, that, I want to jump in. We just got uh, a Twitter. This isn't a tweet the table, but somebody responded to you live tweeting last night during AW Dynamite. So by the way, join Tom as he live tweets uh, during Dynamite on our Twitter at table show and you said this segment is so dumb i love it with my whole heart regarding the scissoring setting and the aussie arsehole at sdd916 said number one in merch sales you may not get it but you cannot deny results like that not a shot at you by the way just a statement they got over and there's nothing more to say and i think that's kind of speaking to what i was saying there right this just organically got over and you can't beat moments like this and it's even helping this like swerve strickland you said was the coolest guy in the room we like Swerve Strickland, but he was kind of spinning his wheels. They even tried to put him with Keith Lee and do this thing. We were like, yeah, we kind of like this, but it was kind of spinning his wheels. But now he's got this chance to be this uber villain against what we all want to do, which is just scissor each other. Don't you just want to scissor each other? Don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Don't you? Do. And now here's Swerve coming out being like, fucking fuck you guys. You're scissoring stupid. Mm-hmm. He's fucking like, this is what you're going to do. Like, this is like... This isn't cool as speaking from the aura of being the cool guy in the room. It's like, ooh, but are you? Mm, but yeah. are you? Because, look, everybody's scissoring. Right. The cool guy took the wrong turn. Now maybe he's not right. as cool as he thinks he is. Now so he's we'll jealous. See. Yeah. Now he's jealousy. jealous because he can't scissor. Well, we'll talk about jealousy uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, the segment ends, though, with smart Mark Sterling because someone had to get beat up here. Uh, he comes out holding papers because, again, he has that beef with Swerve Strickland. But the acclaimer just like, ah, well, fuck you. And then they do the scissoring move to Mark Sterling. That's how we end it. Uh, all fun. And again, we get to look forward to Billy Gunn versus Swerve Strickland on AW Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, let's get back after. By commercial. the way, National Scissoring Day was was trending. <laughs> like they yes. got because it's not a real thing. I mean, it's a real thing, but it's not. A, you know, what I mean? outside of this, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And they made that happen. Like I'm scrolling through Twitter. There's people all over. There's people like scissoring with their girl. <clears throat> there's people scissoring with their friends. Right. It's so great. Yeah. Don't you? Don't you just want to scissor everybody? Don't you? I'll scissor all of you. All of you watching right now. Oh, one million percent. Anyone who wants yeah. to scissor, just let me know. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Yeah. Hit uh, us up in the chat with some scissors. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. There you go. So now. Uh, this will allude to a conversation we'll have after our recap, but after this segment, we get a quick video package and on Friday night, it's going to be a trios title match where we get the dark order taking on death triangle 10 who was supposed to take on Andrade will not now. And again, we'll talk about why that is later, but now we get on Friday night, the trios championship death triangle versus dark order. Again, Brody Lee's uh, second anniversary from his last match. Do we think we get new champions here? Dark Order gets some titles? So you can't go wrong if you get new champions. I'll say that, right? You can't go wrong if you put those titles on Dark Order, on that show. Everybody's happy. Now, where the storyline, I think, was headed was Tend was going to say, F you guys, going with Andrade and his team. Because they've been trying to say, hey, really? You're here with these Dark Order dorks? Mm-hmm. Right? You're here with the Dork Order? Come on. Let's, let's, uh, I thought he was going to go that route. We were going to lose the mask. We were going to get Preston Vance. 
But now, as we've discussed, we've got some news to discuss later in the show, another teaser. Uh, you know, maybe we don't go that route. So I think maybe we do get Dark Order hoist the titles up. I wouldn't maybe. hate it. John Silver with I the championship. John yeah, Silver with the championship great. in AEW, that's money to me. All right, that's did- a perfect championship for him to have, too. It doesn't mean a whole lot. I don't mean to discredit the trio's division, but at current moment, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And so him running around with it is going to bring us, it's going to bring endearment to that title. We're going to love it. And again, you can take the temperature with Dark Order, where if they start to fall flat and maybe the reaction from the IWC isn't too great from uh, the Elite and Kenny Omega coming back, or I guess Elite, the Elite coming back, you could potentially have the Elite be heels, take it off of the babyface Dark Order, they get their championships back, and then we run with the new story there. So again, have some options there. Uh, let's get into now a backstage interview. We get Madison Rain and Sky Blue. They're talking Tay, Conti, or Mello, whatever. Again, that hasn't been explained to me. I don't like it. And Anna Jay uh, challenge him to a match. We get that down the road. Now, another banger of a match is right after this, where we get my favorite person in the world, a saint. Someone who needs to be on currency in some type of country. Hangman Adam Page taking on Roosh. And this was awesome. This was hard hitting. This was flips and shit. This is all aspects of pro wrestling that you could get here. What did you think of the Hangman Adam Page taking on Roosh? Same thing that you said. Hangman is always awesome. Love that guy. This is a great matchup for him. Roosh is, you know, a big dude, but not, you know, overbearing where we have to have this like, oh, no, Hangman's got to work from underneath. Uh, it's it, it, He also gets the win here, which was what we're all, you know what I mean, what we're all excited for. It. I think it, it, it kind of sets him above that talent, which we all think Roosh is high-level talent, right? So I think, it's, I think it was very good. Uh, it also set us up for what happened after the match and where we're going with Hangman, and I – Man, I'm starting to get the feels that we might get Hangman's second run here. God, I would love it. So let's talk about it. Uh, Hangman wins by pinfall using the buckshot lariat. Post-match, private party reluctantly are going to beat up Hangman because, again, they have this contract with Andrade and all of that. So they're reluctant, but they're thinking about doing it. They don't even get into the ring because John Moxley's there. And he's like, no, 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 no. I got a match with this motherfucker. You ain't giving him an excuse when I beat his ass that he was injured going into it. So he walks in, private party leaves. Then we get a promo segment here. And John Moxley is awesome, as he always is. And he's basically calling him a kid, saying he likes him, saying he respects him. But when the bell rings, boy, uh, I don't respect anyone. Okay. But then Hangman grabs the microphone from John Moxley and was like, hey, well, you've been waiting for this match for so long. Why wait any longer? Let's fucking do it now. Calling his card. And John Moxley, I think maybe that was a shoot. Maybe that was a, a improv because he had to look a little bit strong. He well, have just been somebody famously said Hangman can go into business for himself sometimes. Well, so maybe it was because it was fucking cool. But then, John but it was Mark- real. So it was real, and here's why, right? So if I just finish a wrestling match, I just beat somebody's ass, like I do, and I beat their ass significantly, and I'm sweating, 
I'm beat up, and you come in with your title, and you're all, duh, 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 look at my tits. I'm the best, right? Fuck you. I can't wait till Sunday when I punch you in the dick. I'm not going to have a witty comeback. I'm going to be beat. I'm going to be, like, sweating. I'm be like, hey, fuck you. Let's fight. Well, your adrenaline will be going real. up, right? Your adrenaline's right. going on. So mm-hmm. you, you got that happening. It's now, real. John Moxley grabs the microphone back from Hangman and is like, hey, I'm going to let you have this one. I'll see you in Cincinnati on Tuesday. And this is a point I wanted to bring up. Let's do a quick side quest before we get back into AEW Dynamite. I told you this in a direct message, but I think maybe all of this, the elite are hard to work with. Sammy Guevara is so difficult and he's an asshole. You know who you're hearing that from is at least reports. And again, I hate dirt cheats, but the reports of who the, who these people are, they're having trouble with the younger talent it's the older guys it's the eddie kingston's and i love eddie kingston right yeah maybe maybe we're starting to see those older guys look at the younger guys because when john moxley is in this ring cutting his promo they're chanting cowboy shit right now moxley doesn't have a chant so maybe if he did they would be chanting that as well like a you know a moxley hangman page like kind of back and forth but they were all chanting cowboy shit and then when hangman calls his bluff and says let's do it they cheer so maybe all of this well i don't like all of this is the older talent aw not liking that the younger talent maybe want to take their spot and hey isn't that what pro wrestling's all about it's always been. So that's all I'm saying. And a I promo no, about my spot. And I have no <laughs> evidence. I can't, you know, bring, but just as a viewer of the television show, it feels as if maybe this older generation of pro wrestlers that are still in their prime, but moving towards the back end of it are starting to feel a little insecure about that younger talent ascending to the main event scene. That's just how I feel. Like you said, maybe we get hangman second reign i wouldn't hate it i love hangman adam page he is my favorite eddie kingston's also my favorite you can have one a and one b but i love him so we'll see what happens all right now let's get into oh so we have a backstage uh segment jade cargill is going to take on willow nightingale on friday that's great looking forward to it then we get a quick squash what you think willow's gonna beat her no no but when do we get Somebody has to, right? You know who it is. Is it Soraya? It's Soraya. It's Soraya. It's Soraya. Uh, Thunder Rosa has to come back, and so she will be in the main event picture because, again, she's the champion. So we're going to figure out our nonsense there. Soraya needs to get her feet wet with Britt Baker, so we're going to get that match. After that, and it could be Britt Baker. I think it's either Britt Baker or Soraya is going to be the one that beats mm, Jade Cargill. One I never thought of, yeah. And then that takes Jared Cargill to the, all right, well, fuck that title. I want this title now. That's what I think happens. Willow Nightingale winning, though, I would love. She's, again, a ball of energy. I love her. Yeah. Man, that that TNT, right? Or TBS. Mm-hmm. It's the TBS title. Yeah, that bitch show. Yeah, yeah. Um having Britt Baker win that is also keeping that at such an elevated level. Like it's as equal as that's what I'm saying. Or Soraya, right? Like you have that mm-hmm. main event type of talent. Yep. And then when you have Jay, yeah, I think Soraya is actually a great answer because then Jay Cargill, you go, okay, you lost to a quote unquote legend who, as you've alluded to maybe wrestled 14 matches on WWE television, maybe more than that, but you know, um, 
but also it, it was a talented wrestler from a wrestling family and had grown mm-hmm. up, you know, uh, technically wrestled in the womb. Technically, we've talked about that with her before, too. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're probably right there. All right. So then we get a quick squash Which is match. rare. That I'm right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. People know. <laughs> right, look at all the comments. All all of the the response that we've got from our listeners, they always agree with me, as you know. Right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's like, I love T Mag and all. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> he I see it. I see a male version of Willow Nightingale and T Mag. Yeah. That's what they all Nobody say. Nobody has wanted to drive a truck up your ass. No, 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 no. I don't think anyone's ever disagreed with me. At least I haven't heard it. But we get a quick squash match back in the ring here. We get Fuego del Sol the AEW Brooklyn brawler taking on Luchasaurus. I love Fuego. I like it. Keep him going with it. I just keep it going with it. I love it. But Luchasaurus beats him in one move. And then again, uh, recapping the night, I think we got the most heartbreaking line of the night. Maybe the most heartbreaking moment in AEW history. So post-match, Jungle Boy runs in. He gives a good old wallop to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus goes out to the back, grabs the microphone, and just says, like, you were my best friend, and you broke my heart. Oh, my God, Tim. I'm getting emotional right now talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Sad. And he's like, you picked Sad. him. You picked yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I love, though, that Christian even like got a fucking wry smile when he said that too he's like yeah he fucking did (laughs) love it love christmas so much he's one of my favorites of all time and this was great i still i'm still yeah it's wrestling and we've talked about this the trope is when one guy goes on the rant everybody's gotta be like oh my god but luchasaurus should not be afraid to get back in the ring with anybody and i know christian was kind of holding him back but he he did have a chair yeah so that's true he did have a chair and then to get in the ring you're you're open to the chair shot so i guess i'll give you that one all right yeah Uh, but he broke his heart man i got really emotional I had to have my wife hold my hand when she was reading her book. I was like, I, I'm, I need someone right now. This is really Tell me sad. everything's going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really sad. Oh, so now they're going to wrestle each other. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe yeah, we- I know the mega powers explode. Well, this is what I think we should do. This is what I think we should do. The, the first great moment in AEW history mm-hmm. is the Cody versus Dustin match and post-match Cody after beating Dustin says i got a tag match and i need a partner and i don't need a partner i need my brother and they embrace cody's out of the fucking company let's kind of bury that moment a little bit if i'm AEW. why not have this knockdown drag out fight luchasaurus jungle boy go to hell and back and everything in between jungle boy comes out on top christian cage does the you know uh, Queen Sherry thing, like what she did to Macho Man, and was like, "You suck! You're out of here! I'm done with you!" And he walks mm-hmm. off and storms off. And Luchasaurus looks like a broken man. Even maybe like twist his uh, his mask a little bit to where you start to see a little and bit of his get face. Our, I'm a man. I'm not well, a dinosaur. Yes, yeah, you get an arm moment, but then you get the embrace of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus hug, mm. and we bring back the Jurassic Express, and we go taking them back to the top i don't even know that i would do it at that moment i think you you have jungle boy win right and then he's gonna go on a singles run and do whatever he does but then you have the christian stuff happen and luchasaurus goes through this whole thing he's like 
that's where Kristen starts braiding him. He's like, stupid idiot. You're not a dinosaur. You're a man. You're a seven-foot, 12-inch man, I think, right? And yeah. he says, you're a fucking man. And he's like, you're right. I am a man. I'm a man. And then, you know, he starts losing all the time because he's not a man. He's a dinosaur. And that's then that's when Jungle Boy, oh, who's having dinosaur. all this success, right? He's like, brother, man, we used to run up and down this road. We used to be, you're my best friend until you broke my heart. Well, what's we're, we're past you, that. Dog? Yeah, we're yeah. past that now. Yeah, and you could even say, have Jungle Boy like, hey, all the success is great, but it's not as good as it used to be. I don't like it yeah. when I'm alone. I'm, I'm still a boy looking for my dinosaur, man. And I'm a dinosaur! <laughs> Just, dinosaur! <laughs> That's what you need. That's, you need the embrace in yes. the ring, hugging each other, bring them back. I know they need to fight, but after that comment... Yeah. I just want to be friends again, man. And I want the world to be right. Oh, here's what you get. Here's what you get. I think so. You, you have Christian do the whole, like, you know, piss off and Luchasaurus is just down and out. He's a face again, but he's not a line maybe with Jungle Boy, right? Jungle Boy's doing his singles run. Then we get this. Something happens. We get a four-man tag, right? Eight-man tag match on Dynamite tonight. We've got four heels over here. And on this side, we've got the best friends. And we've got Jungle Boy and we've got Luchasaurus. The four faces win, and then the best friends start hugging because you got to give the people what they want. And they're like, come on, guys. Come on in. Let's do this. And they're just staring at each other like, with, with him? And they're like, got to give the people what they want, right? And we, fine, right? And we all hug it out. Yeah, you could tease it like and how the, the shield. Well, you could tease it like how the shield mm. where it was uh, Moxley and yep. Seth Rollins. Were like, Are we going to do this? Yeah. yeah, like we're gonna. That was a great moment. That <laughs> yes. was a great moment in wrestling. Yeah. All right, yeah. so let's get back on track here. Uh, we get into <laughs> that's right. The fist pound. They yeah. were like, all right, kicking the ring and yeah, right there. Yeah, touch fists. Yeah. So <laughs> let's get into now the main event. It was the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and Red Death, Daniel Garcia, taking on Garcia, taking on was, La Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Les Sex Garcia, Chris Brian Jericho. Danielson. Let me get to Daniel it. Brian. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Don't bury the match here. So we get Les Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy mm -hmm. Guevara. And then we get Daniel Bryan, which I was trying to get right. to, of Brian Danielson <laughs> and Daniel Garcia. This God, I thought was good. He, go ahead. He needs to join Blackpool Combat Club and he needs to make this tag team. And Because I think that would be the thumb and the nose at WWE because that's probably legal. They can probably do that and not be like, hey, look, it's just two names. What do you want? You don't own the names Daniel and Brian. Or maybe they do. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, maybe they do. So oh, I'm sure a lawsuit would come. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So this will get us into our next conversation. But mm. I thought this match was okay. I think it was heavily overshadowed from events that took place earlier yeah. in the night. Because as much as they wanted to focus on Daniel Garcia, Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho, they end up getting the victory, but he uses the belt to hit Daniel Garcia in the head. And you see after JAS is celebrating, Jericho still looks distraught. And I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Right? Like, I didn't mind winning, but I didn't want to hit him. I like him. He's, he's my buddy, you know? But I feel like that all got washed away and pushed to the side because no one could focus on anything else but fuck Sammy Guevara on something you read from dirt cheat dum-dums who had to retract. Well, they had to retract, but 
but they didn't. They should have. That they both got sent home. Obviously, one of them didn't. But you just had to, Sammy. You never saw the fight, but you're going to hate him because why? And so let's go into that. So, again, the match was, I thought, overshadowed by the Sammy Guevara incident. What happened was, reportedly, from TMZ, which is more reputable than wrestle votes or whatever the talk and all the observer bullshit, they said that there was a backstage incident where uh, uh, altercation happened between Sammy and Andrade, which led to a physical altercation. And then they said both of them were sent home. Obviously, that was wrong. They end up deleting the tweet, never saying that they're wrong. That's another thing that I hate. But we didn't see Andrade, as we alluded to earlier. His match with 10 now gets canceled. What do you make of this? I'll even give TMZ... Uh, a pass here because what could happen is one of these things where like both of you get out of here and then they go hey chris we had to send sammy home and he's like fuck that you get him back here we already worked the match and he's like fuck whatever all right and they're like sammy get your ass back to the fucking you know what i mean and andrea's like me too and they're like fuck you (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like that could have happened but again we don't know so i'm not really concerned they had been leading up with this twitter beef about you know andrade's mad at him because he's saying he complained that he hit him too hard and all this kind of jazz and like again i just it's interesting. I'm going to look, I'm going to watch, but I'm not basing my opinion on like these two as a performer or whether I want to keep watching them over this, because this is just two dudes being dudes where they're probably both wrong and both right. And so like, I don't really give a shit. And, and, and I'll tell you this, if one's got to go because they just can't get along. Sorry, Andrade, you've never entertained me. I'm not like Sammy Guevara. I get the feeling from stuff we've seen. Probably not a guy I want to go have a beer with, but he's more entertaining than Andrade has been anywhere I've ever seen Andrade. So, like, I just – I don't get why people get in an uproar about it oh. as, as you're talking about. Yeah, that's the part that I get so aggravated about is, yes, we read the tweet. That was interesting. And I will take that at what it is because of two reasons. One, it's at Sammy Guevara. Now, I don't know if that's his real name or not, but that's his wrestling name. So when mm-hmm. his wrestling Twitter is saying, fuck you, bitch, and all that stuff, well, that's the wrestler to me. Again, I don't care if it's a shoot. I don't care if it's a work. That's the other thing, too, is everyone wants to know or predict things. We're going to predict some matches, but guess what? If I go 0 for 10, who fucking cares? Who cares? Why did why did people so care about, oh, I told you so? Fuck you. Fuck. There's a 50-50 chance and you were happen to be on the right side. Go fuck your mother. But on this, what we saw was a Twitter beef, and it all could have been from a misunderstanding. We don't know anything about this. This could have easily been Andrade heard that Sammy complained to management that Andrade hits too hard. It could have easily been Sammy went to Chris Jericho and was like, hey, man, what the fuck was this Andrade? Have you ever wrestled him? He hit me hard as fuck in the chin. That shit hurt. And then Chris is like, hey, he could be that way. And then 2.0 hears it or what, you know, and then things start to spread that way. And then it gets back to Andrade. Sammy thinks you're too stiff. And then he takes offense to that, right? It could have all spoiled or, you know, spun out of that little uh, conversation. I'm not saying it did because guess what? We don't know the fucking details. All we know know. is that these two guys had a disagreement because they probably don't really like each other. And this is what sparked it was this little interview from Andrade and Sammy. I will say this, Sammy went zero to a hundred. For you to, for Andrade to say like, hey, these wrestlers today, Sammy says I hit too hard. And for then Sammy to instantly go to, you were a fucking pity hire. Fuck you, bitch. It's like, whoa. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, like A, Andrade, we can talk about this too. Don't actually hit the guy, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're working stiff in 2022, we think that's dumb as well. Yeah. Especially if you haven't worked it out with the person before. Like, hey, I like to hit hard. Like mm-hmm. he said, I've worked with Seamus. Well, okay, but Seamus likes to get in a bar fight. <laughs> Sammy yeah. Guevara doesn't. Look at him. Right? <laughs> like, I could have told you that without fucking asking. So, you know, I feel like you're in the wrong there. But like you said, Sammy, like, popping off the mouth to such a level is like, dude, like, that calm was down, what, too. You're yeah. dick, too. Right? Like, so that's where I'm just kind of like, all right, well, whoever the fuck, you guys tough it out. But I, I don't, like, respect the other one. I don't respect either one of you because one of you said something more cutting. I don't respect either one of you because one of you punched the other guy first. I don't respect one of you more because one of you kicked the other guy's ass. I'm just like, whatever. If that makes you guys stop, then do whatever. But, like, none of it matters to me. I don't respect Sammy more if he gets if he beat up Andrade or Andrade more if he beats up Sammy. None of that matters to me. Yeah. Just keep making good television. That's one the of you point. has, the other hasn't. Right, but that's the only thing I want. I want yeah my television show to be entertaining and that's what this episode was and again the main event was overshadowed because these dorks with neck beards are like well what happened sammy's a mean person sammy you don't have a neck beard i looked yeah i know i was checking i was looking i was taking a look i was like shit did i shave (laughs) that so but this is what i want to talk about as a quick side conversation based off of this story because as it's been reported sammy guevara this is his second altercation uh, it was confirmed by all parties. Eddie Kingston and him got into something over a promo. Eddie Kingston hit him in the face. That happened. Obviously, we know about the all-out media scrum and what happened after that and all of the reports from that. Here's the question I posed on our Twitter at Table Show, and I'll ask you here. Everyone is throwing the pitchforks at Tony Khan, Tony Khan, you piece of shit. You can't run a company. You suck. You're a cokehead. You don't know all this. I watched Hey EW this past Sunday. The guest was Christopher Daniels. And they both confirmed that Christopher Daniels is head of talent relations. To the best of my knowledge, I've been around some pro wrestling companies. I've read enough pro wrestling uh, books and you know literature to know that the head of talent relations is the go-between between Tony Khan and the wrestlers and also to manage the wrestlers in between each other to make sure we're not this fighting. Yeah, it's always week. been if if you have an issue, they send you the talent to, management guy to be like right. what's wrong? Well what do we gotta do? So the question I have is where is the heat? Where is the backlash? Where is the call for his job for Christopher Daniels, he's out here wrestling in Europe for one PW or he's on impact wrestling, or again, he's on Hey EW, which is fine. I mean, that's a AEW show, but he's doing all these things. We're not hearing his name at all. Where, where is he to say, which to be clear from my side, I, I'm glad that we're not hearing hate on him, but we also maybe shouldn't be hearing hate on Tony Khan over this. Cause this I is think, a Sammy Guevara and Andrade issue. But I think this is a, I think this is a Christopher Daniels situation because if, if, if I'm at work, right. And I have an altercation with my coworker and let's just say it's not physical, but it's, it's back and forth, back and forth. And it causes so much of a ruckus. You know, who catches the heat for it? My boss, not the CEO, my direct boss. Right. And that's how corporations work. And it just, we're, we're bypassing the boss. We're just like, so if I said, fuck you to a coworker and we push each other, the CEO of the company doesn't resign. 
right? It needs like, to be fired, right? We, <laughs> right. we get handled. Yeah. And then if it wasn't handled by yeah. the boss properly, they get fired. So let me ask you this then. Do we get... So a couple things here. Sammy Guevara has been to sensitivity training already mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in AW. Mm-hmm. If you'll rewind the the clock a little bit and go to the WWE side of things, the Hunico version of Sinkara went 3-0 and backstage and had to go to some anger management conflict training. Do we need some anger management conflict training now for Mr. Guevara? I mean, possibly, but again, shouldn't your head of talent relations be working with them? So, and here's the thing that we need, like, maybe we can impress on you wrestling fans that we want you to be our wrestling friends. Um, you're dealing with, you need a show when you're, when if we're starting a wrestling show, Tom, mm-hmm. we need wrestlers, but we need those wrestlers to be personalities. We need them to be larger than life personalities, which usually comes with alpha male tendencies. Mm-hmm. And so you have hotheads you have guys who turn it up to 11. You tell them, turn it up to 11, turn it up to 11, turn it up to 11. Uh, Neil Brennan's thing where he talked about the guy footballed when he shouldn't have footballed, right? Yep. Same kind of thing. This is where talent relations is supposed to come in to start saying like, hey, man, you could calm it down a little bit, right? Like you're going off the rails. Like you're going to have to deal with these issues. So it is a forward-thinking thing of how to deal with those issues. And then understand that some of this is going to come out and you're going to say, eh, we employ circus acts, right? Like they're going to be a little zany. So yeah. it happens. But also this could be a, a, a bad hiring practice. Maybe we stop hiring active wrestlers. I know Christopher Daniels is 52 years old or whatever, but if he's going to continue to wrestle and not be doing his day-to-day duties of head of talent relations, maybe let's relieve him of those duties and hire someone who can do this job day in, day out. Because that's the part where, again, he should be stepping in. That's the other thing. I think Dave Meltzer, of all fucking people, said, like, how did these two even get face-to-face, right? Mm -hmm. They said, I think it was Andrade said, I'll see you Wednesday. So, again, if I'm the boss of two employees who said, we're going to meet outside, I'm going to go out there and defuse the situation. So, again, Christopher fucking Daniels do your job. I'm not even at Tony Khan's level right now. Cause that can be a firing offense, right? Hey, Sammy Guevara, you did sensitivity training for this. You've had two fights. We need to fire you. That can be a decision or that's a discussion for a different day. I'm upset with all of this backstage turmoil. And there's one person that's getting paid to fucking handle it. And he's not. So, Hey man, that's my, that's my take fire. Christopher yeah. Daniels. Yeah, that's the thing is, if you're gonna, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, it, if you're gonna take the stance of somebody should take the fall for this, it's Christopher Daniels. I don't think anybody should take the fall for this. No, I don't either. But I so, think- so why are people saying Tony Khan take the fall for this? Like, no, motherfucker, because if somebody's supposed to take the fall for this, it's Christopher Daniels. That's or Sammy Guevara and Andrade. Right. Like, that, but that's my point. Is the is the idea that. Tony Khan is at fault for this. I don't think so. I think again, now maybe he needs to relieve Christopher Daniels of his duties and says, I need a full-time person to do this and not someone who wants to wrestle with Kazarian on a random episode of impact. Yeah. I will say if I was in position of Christopher Daniels or, or Tony Khan, another one of these, if it happens anytime soon, you might be thinking about like, Sammy, we got to, 
we got cut bait. You, yeah. You're causing problems. I can't have you fighting everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at that point, it'll be a third strike. You're out. Kind of a. a I thing. agree. Um, because I also am of the stance of like, hey, look, yeah, Sammy Guevara, we could count him as a pillar of AEW. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that, but. I don't think he's a draw to the point where if he was gone, people are suddenly like, I'm not watching AEW anymore. Or if he goes to WWE, we're going to change the channel because it's right, the yeah. Sammy Guevara. I'm going to watch NXT because it's yeah. right, yeah. Sammy Guevara right. versus Austin Theory. Have to watch that one. I mean, it'd be fun, but like that's not a turn right. the channel kind of moment. Right. So, yeah, let's get into now. Uh, we wanted to talk about on Friday, they are going to do a live AEW Rampage, which Tim... First off, what do you think about live AW Rampages? I'm in favor of them. What do you think? Yes, I agree too. I think if you're doing the show, it should be live. This is what gets ratings in 2022 on TV anyway, is live programming. Exactly. Especially in wrestling when they can, all these dirt sheets again, just post the spoilers as if that should get you a fucking paycheck, you jerk offs. Hey, here's the new movie. The end is the fucking main character dies. <laughs> Give me clicks. Fuck you hate those dirt cheap cocksuckers um but we get aw rampage and let's talk about it a little bit so the first match that we mentioned earlier uh that i want to talk about dark order versus death triangle what do you think happens here you said maybe dark order i think we're gonna get dark order just because of this melee thing and maybe they're not ready to like hey we're gonna push andrade stable and have preston banish unless they're all like hey this is settled and they go there. So I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I think if I had to like bet money right now and I had no option, but I had to bet money, I'd probably go with the dark order. I'm going dark order for this reason. And we'll get into battle of the belts on the, uh, immediately afterwards, but Pac is pulling double duty. And so I would not be shocked mm -hmm. if he goes one for two. And I think of the two matches, cause the other one he's taking on Trent and I love Trent and I think he's awesome. I think he's honestly, the most reliable in-ring wrestler for the entire company because he can have a great match with anyone. But if he's going to lose one of his titles, Pac, that is, I think the Dark Order being champion makes more sense than Trent. Trent. Yeah. yeah. Now we get into a fun pro wrestling versus sports entertainment match where we get Sky Blue and Madison Rain, as mentioned earlier, taking on Anna Jay. And it keeps saying Tay, Tay Mello. I don't Still haven't yeah. been explained what Tay Mello is. Uh, how do you think this unfolds? We get uh, JS standing standing tall. I think so. Yeah, I don't get a feel that like we're putting over Footface and Sky Blue, and Sky Blue here at the expense of the JAS. Um, by the way, the uh, Tay and and Anna J though are doing great in this role. They are really unlikable. When they come on and they say stuff, you're like, oh, I would hate these women. <laughs> yeah. They're doing great. Yeah, they're doing great. I like that they're taking the men's storyline and applying it to their characters where it's the sports entertainers versus pro wrestlers. Because more often than not, a pro wrestling trope is like the storyline only applies to the man and the woman who stands next just has to do Stand something next. or just like yeah. do something else right so i like that they're adopting the sports entertainers are better than pro wrestlers i also like as you mentioned when they come on screen i fucking hate them now yeah <laughs> i also like them but right. i fucking hate them you know <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah like, but i hate them yeah i like them too yeah. um yeah. so i'm excited for that match uh what else we got here we got the blackpool combat club in action it's going to be moxley claudio and yuda 
taking on Rush and Private Party. My question to you about this match is: This where we see Private Party say, "Fuck you." Yeah. If we don't is. get that here, then I would think the only thing they would do is the heel team gets the win via hook or crook. And then we start a little mini program, but I, I don't know. That's where we're going with this. So I feel like Blackpool combat club wins. Yeah. I think Blackpool combat club wins. And I do think private party pulls a trigger and reunites with Matt yeah. Hardy or does something like that. I'm yeah. not that in favor of it. If I'm being honest with you, cause we oh, did I'm it not the in first favor time. Yep. Yeah. And I think maybe Matt Hardy just needs to stay backstage. So yeah, here's the thing. Like I, what didn't work was big money, Matt and these guys. And so then maybe they're like, Hey, let's run back and they'll be face now. Well, Matt Hardy's not helping me think like, Oh, I like these guy now because Matt Hardy. So like, I just, mm, eh, it's not for me. So I think they're going to flounder a little bit more, unfortunately. I mean, look, they're fine, but I also don't think they've got high star power. If that makes sense yet, they haven't figured out their charisma portion yet. That makes sense. Yeah, they have the packaging. I like the song. I like the velvet rope where they can get in, the you're not invited, party of us, and all of that stuff. I like that. But, yeah, there is something missing as far as, like, taking it to the next Well, that would have worked if, again, if it was exclusive. They had, you know, some of the baddies with them or something, right? Only could get into the party. They won matches, right? But, like, we just didn't get that. I don't Yeah. Now, here's... uh, a curveball I'm going to throw at you. What if Matt Hardy turns heel on them and Jeff Hardy comes back and then we get broken Matt Hardy and Willow and those motherfuckers in the tag team division? I don't know, man. You think they're probably keeping Jeff Hardy a 10-foot pole? You think? I, mean, I think they we've should. We've said this all the time. He probably always pays for himself in merch sales. It's probably a no-brainer, even if you have to deal. As long as you didn't kill somebody, right? That's yeah. your only, like, which, ooh, I mean... Hopefully not. But again, ever. if you have a talent, if you have a competent talent relations, it would be like, no, 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 I'm booking Jeff Hardy's travel. Yeah, I'm that's getting also, him a driver. Yeah, I'm getting him a, you know, that kind of thing. That's another knock on the head of talent relations is working with your talent and their relations yeah. and your fucking job title. Yeah. Who is not checking Jeff Hardy at the door to be like, who's driving you? Be like, I'm driving mm-hmm. me. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, that's Look, a- got your limo, right? Yeah, really, Christopher Daniels needs to be fired. That's what I'm leaving this whole discussion with. Uh, and then we got one more match here. Maybe that's the episode title. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, then we get one more match here. It is uh, Tony Nice and Josh Woods with Smart Mark Sterling, who I just love. I like Smart Mark yeah, Sterling. He's great. I kind of ran past it in the review, but he didn't really do much with the uh, acclaimed and, and Swerve. Yeah, Strickland. no, he just came out for a little quick bit. Yeah. But I like him, and I like this tag team with him. I don't like them by themselves, but I like it with Smart Mark Sterling. But they're taking on the absolute worst tag team in AEW history and currently in the Varsity Blondes. They are weird. It is a grooming-type gimmick where I feel like they're grabbing 16-year-olds and hanging out at proms and spiking punch bowls at house parties. I don't like them. I don't like them. Get them out of here. I don't like them. Change their gimmick. I don't. I don't know anything about them well, personally. We've discussed but I hate this. Hate it. If they're supposed to be faces, nope. they're the guys who are still wearing their high school Letterman jackets. Nobody likes those people. Nobody. So Ooh, why would this get over as a face gimmick? It would be great if they were a heel gimmick. 
It'd be a little weird then too. It would be weird. Yeah. That's why it would be great. (laughs) But it just, mm. it's the worst gimmick. It's probably, I like AEW and I think they've hit doubles and home runs their entire three years of being a promotion. However, their worst story, gimmick, whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, is the varsity blondes. Absolutely detest everything about them again i don't know the two people they seem like good people i know nothing about them Mm. i don't care to know anything about them (laughs) i'm just telling you what i see on my tv screen because that's all i like to talk about is what's on my tv screen Mm -hmm. um so yeah there you go i hate them uh but aw rampage and then we get battle of the belts immediately after that so we're getting two hours again because you recall we did the grand slam we did two hours so i guess Mm -hmm. my question to you on that is do you think we get two hours of rampage live moving forward? I don't know about moving f- forward all the way. I think, you know, same thing. Go listen to that Ariel Hawani interview um, that I'm talking about that Tom sent me. Um, I think they're giving them more of them. I think they're saying, Hey, let's do another one of those two hour shows when it's not maybe hindering something else they've got on another network that maybe they're trying to get over. Right. So I think maybe when, NBA is in full swing or, you know, if finals roll around, we're not maybe putting up a two hour against that, maybe that kind of thing. But I think maybe we'll see a lot more of them frequently coming around. And I like that. AEW doesn't just go special two hour AEW rampage. They go, this is the fucking truck Titan 3000, right? They come up with some name cooler than mm-hmm. I just did yeah. and, and make cool. it an event. Yeah. Way cool. <laughs> so now let's talk about Battle of the Belts. So we get three matches that I'm seeing here. Again, we're recording this on a Thursday. There could be matches made tomorrow morning. Mm. But the three matches I see here, as mentioned, double duty. We're getting for the Atlantic Championship champion, Pac, taking on Trent Beretta. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think Pac wins. Okay. It'll be a good match. We'll enjoy it. Those guys have worked together from 20,000 times or something. Yeah. Then we're getting for the TBS championship champion, Jade Cargill taking on challenger Willow Nightingale, Jade Cargill and their third encounter. And then for the ring of honor tag team championships, here's their names. I just found it. It is challengers gates of agony. Yeah. Samoan guys, the, the embassy taking on, everyone's favorite local cops f t r what do you think about that i think the local cops win here still i think oh yeah i think i think he still wants big names on roh titles so you can say hey we need a tv show look how great everybody loves this so real quick i wanted to ask you about this because it just came to my mind let's just take a quick glance at the champions for AEW and the champions for ring of honor. And if both had a TV show, which again, that interview from Ariel that Tony Khan did seems like maybe that's what they're working towards. Here's the champions for AEW. currently you have John Moxley as your heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Your TNT champion is Wardlow. Your tag right. team champions are uh, the acclaimed the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And then you've got interim champ, Tony storm, and then TBS champ, uh, Jade Cargill, All Atlantic champ, Pac. I think that's all, right? Six of them. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Ring of Honor has heavyweight champion Chris Jericho, pure champion Daniel Garcia, TV champion Samoa Joe, and tag team champions 
FTR. What show would you watch? I mean, uh, yeah, that's tight. It's, that's uh, a, I mean, that's it an would abundance depend on the storylines going on, I think. But that is again, that's kind of where we're at, and and we've we've been calling for this TV show for ROH for a while because AW already was overstacked with talent. Now we've got ROH in here as well, and it's like, man, we we really need more. Who's time? The, who's the Ring of Honor Women's Champ? I, re- I remember it was Mercedes. Right now? I remember what, it was Mercedes what? Martinez for a little bit. Is she still the champ? I think she still is because she beat Serena Deeb. So then you get Mercedes Martinez right. as well. Uh, again, we don't fact check. Hashtag tweet table or let us know in the comments. That's fine. Um, so that is it. We get two hours of live television from AEW on a Friday night after two hours of SmackDown. If you want to watch that, which I wouldn't say you should. Um big night of wrestling on friday night yeah yeah and i don't hate it i saw somebody said this after the last one they're like we'll complain about robbie in three hours but we just watched four hours of smackdown aw so give it that's two different presentations right well, like, and there's also a break there right it's it's two different things that i'm watching and also i know there's tribalism so there's people who don't watch one and do watch another so you can break it up if you want mm-hmm. i again I know I sound tribalistic by saying I don't watch WWE, but I don't watch WWE. Um, and so it's only two yeah. hours on Friday night. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. I'm not sitting here telling you I watch a full four hours of wrestling on Friday yeah. night. I will kind of skip through some SmackDown stuff because I'm looking mm-hmm. for like a Sami Zayn and, and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I like the ram- I I want more two hour rampages. Maybe uh- if we're doing that, maybe we do eight and now starting at 9 and going to 11, maybe we do an 8 to 10, but then you'd be overlapping with SmackDown, so they probably won't do that. You're so old. Can't stay yeah, up. old. God. Yeah. I just want it live. I'm, years old. I'm actually okay if it is one hour. I just prefer it to be live because the energy of a live show and then the excitement online from people watching a live wrestling event is a more exciting than the thing with a one hour where you've talked about this, where the sweet spots got to be an hour and a half at least because yeah, you can maybe fit three good matches in on our show, but you're not leaving a whole lot of promo and story building time when you do that. Oh, true. I'm just saying two matches yeah, and maybe something else. And then it's feeling like I wanted a little more, which isn't always a bad thing either. So, yeah. Um, I'm just saying of the two, if I could pick, is it two hours or is it live? I'd yeah, go with go live. live. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I want. So that is your AEW portion of the Spanish announce table. Tim, if you want to pull up the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, mm, we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit. Well, let's While I'm pulling that up, let's also talk about some news that happened in the WWE world. Uh, it was announced the commentary teams are changing again. I know. Yeah. I'm, here I'm we sad. go again. <laughs> well, I'm sad about this because so for transparency, because I always want to be transparent with the audience. I don't have a personal relationship with Jimmy Smith. I have met him. I have worked with him a couple of times in an Invicta capacity when he was calling Invicta FC fights. Uh, obviously I'm aware of him from his work in Bellator. I liked him from his MMA uh, broadcasting career. When he came over to WWE, I was a little bit shocked because he's never been the lead guy. He was always the color, not the play-by-play. But I thought throughout his entire time, he did a very good job. I thought it was great. I thought it was I really thought, good. I thought he was good enough to where you knew his voice. You 
could understand what he was saying, but he didn't make it about him. He wasn't doing a moral anomaly where it was silly catchphrases all, yeah, all the time. But it, and it also felt honest, right? When something happened, he got excited. When something, you know, was serious, he was serious. And he didn't seem like it wasn't very clear to me that like he's not a wrestling fan right like he knew what he was he was saying he followed these folks he, he knew how to play it like you said distinguishable voice um i thought the energy was good he never gave you anything bad right i don't think he gave us any iconic moments right but he was never bad and it fit right like he felt like what you would expect a play-by-play -play person to be calling if i'm watching a thing there we used to call that term the straight man i know that's maybe yeah. not you know what I mean? It's a weird term in 2022, but that's what they meant because the color commentator was off in the heel who was like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Like, right. And then the, then the play-by-play -play guy had to be like, Hey man, what like, let's just watch what, yeah. Professionalism here. Yeah, right. Let's like watch the show here. Yeah. Let's call right. what we're seeing. here. I thought he was great, but now we're getting this on SmackDown. It's gonna be Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, which Wade Barrett isn't terrible. I've heard him. I just, I've also never like thought same thing. Like I think he gives you good work, but he never gives you anything bad right but he's also not giving you anything great i've never heard um wait oh really yeah yeah what is he on? like well, you know wade before? barrett well no i know yeah. wade barrett i think yeah yeah he was great. doing nxt for a long time ah yeah yeah i don't, I don't watch NXT. um and then we got kevin patrick and Corey graves on raw and kevin patrick it was a curveball for me that one i didn't realize he was like gonna be calling matches like he's great in the interview i've always thought he does great. Poor guy has to squat down like Tom Phillips used to do. Yeah. Because uh, he's, you know, 7'3 or something like that. But um, so this should be interesting. I don't know. And you brought this up. I don't know that we're accustomed in America here to a, a thick accent play-by-play -play guy. We've had it in the a la Wade Barrett on commentary. Right. Uh, where, uh, so that'll be interesting. And it's a yeah. really thick accent. And that's not to say that's bad. No. Right? But like not... when he's reading the ads for a KFC – that might be a little jarring to the ear right. yeah. that an Irishman well, is going to be reading it, a KFC WWE, This is a weird move for WWE for me because sometimes we're like, man, WWE, they're so, they just, oh, they're so old school or they like, they don't get it. I think WWE is keenly aware that the majority of their viewers are white, rural, and kind of simple. And old. So, you know, and old. And so this will be interesting, right? Now. It's a white accent, so they'll probably be fine with it. But, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and then on NXT, we've got Vic Joseph, who's been doing that. And, I remember him. He was on Raw for a little bit. Right. And Booker T. The worst fucking person to ever be in this front of This makes me microphone. wonder, like, is Booker T now a coach or something in NXT? Maybe that's why he's here. I guess. If there's, if there's a still shot that I want I mean, to be I, shown for my thoughts on Booker T talking NXT into a microphone. He's about to be right now, right here, City. Man. He is. He is. Oh, the we're going to hear about the Fave Five. The Ugh. clucky ducky, chucky, chucky, or whatever the fuck he oh, used yeah. to say. He is the fuck. worst person to ever speak into a microphone in WWE history. That is not even an argument I would even willing to hear if you say we interviewed that one guy who wrote a book and he was yeah terrible. he sucked <laughs> but this Booker T is so awful so mm. awful and his thoughts are dumb he has nothing original to say he just wants to act like because he was cool and he was as a wrestler that that just gets him some leeway to say whatever the fuck he thinks is fun in his head 52 years older, however old he is. He is yeah. the absolute worst. Now, that aside, the other thing I thought was interesting 
if you take a look at all these announcements, is uh, all two-person booths. Got rid yeah, of all two-person person. booths. No mm-hmm. three-person booths. So one, do you think that is a trend that will then, you know, get its tentacles in other promotions? Because now it seems like every promotion is a three-person booth. And also, I don't mind a three-person booth, right? I, I don't hate a three-person booth because it allows for the play-by-play guy to just be play-by-play, all mm-hmm. on what we got with Jimmy Smith. Right. Then you've got a face like it with Byron Saxon. You've got a heel with Corey Graves. Yeah, perfect. Fine. But when we bring that fourth person on, right, like in AEW where we go, William Regal sitting in on a Blackpool Combat Club, maybe one of these sort of, like four people's too much. Yeah. Right. Then it starts to be ear, you know, noise. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of like, so somebody has to like go to the back or something, which is they work that in AEW sometimes like Shivani goes and does whatever, whatever. Um, So I don't hate the two man booth. I like the, it's a little bit more familiarity. This, the classic moments that we got as wrestling fans were Heenan and gorilla and Ross and, and, uh, and Lawler, right. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I definitely don't hate the idea. I'm never like, I'm never like, oh, it's only two man, right? I don't hate a three person, but this should be fine. Speaking of just real quick, going back to AEW, one thing uh, that happened on Dynamite, and I think actually happened the week before as well. Uh, no Jim Ross. I believe that yeah. happened the week before. It's definitely this week. I didn't hate that. I don't hate that either. Just saying. I love Jim Ross. I thought he was great, but, you know, just like. Oh, Muhammad no. Ali fighting in the 80s, uh, you, you get past your prime. You don't think we see him at some point go back to WWE now, huh? With Vince gone and Triple H in charge, you think we, like, it, maybe he calls out and he's like, hey, when that AEW contract ends, we can use you over here for special spots again. And I mean, good, take him. I don't. It would fit better, I, Here's honestly, where I you know? think, here's where I think you put him. If he wants to R-O-H? get his... No, if you want to get his uh, toe back in the water of doing the things he used to do, uh, fire Christopher Daniels and put Jim Ross back in charge of talent relations. That's true. That's what he used he to was, do. He was dealing with The Rock and Mick Foley and Undertaker and Stone Cold and Triple H and all those guys. He's not were, afraid to tell a big buff dude, hey, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're being out of line. One, he's the one that can get yeah. people in line. That, yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what he does. I wouldn't hate that idea. Honestly, that's there. it. Like we've we've heard several times that he's like went up to them and be like, "Fucking knock it off," because like he's like, "Sure, you can kick my ass, but are you really gonna do that?" <laughs> like, exactly. fucking, so yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So maybe do that. That would yeah. that would be a move I would uh, welcome mm-hmm. very much in AEW. Um, okay, so Good let's idea. get to extreme rules here. Tim, right. what do we got? Extreme rules. I pulled it up on WWE.com again. This is Thursday, October sixth, as we're recording this right now. And so something might change due to Friday night SmackDown, which we won't see, you know, in time for this. But it's fine. Or see. Quick hits right here on the Extreme Rules webpage. They've got the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. Now named again Imperium in a six-man tag team. Good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. Boy, WWE isn't hasn't changed enough if we're still calling things like this. Just, yeah, just say it. a street like, fight. Just, just a street fight. I, yeah. For real. You just yeah, say it. Please. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think Imperium maybe wins this. I have no idea. I uh, like Pete Dunn. Oh, I love Pete Dunn. I think maybe we get more towards Pete Dunn and away from Butch in this match. Yeah. Maybe this is so what knocks this is him maybe into where Pete Imperium Dunn. goes over, right? Yeah. Yeah, but Pete like Dunn. They becomes... stand victors. Pete Dunn's like, what the fuck? Why'd you punch me, Seamus? Or whatever. Or maybe Seamus is like, why'd you punch me, Pete Dunn? He's like, you were in the way. 
I'll or try to punch him. You got in the way. Or possibly this is where, because this is what I would do. Again, if I had the pencil and I was in charge, because I think I'm better than you and you know it, uh, I would say you have the brawling brutes lose, but Pete Dunn goes, okay, obviously you need more from me. I need to go back to my roots. And then we see the reemergence of Pete Dunn. That butch motherfucker was too wild. He was unfocused. I'm here to win championships. And then boom, Pete Dunn comes back. That's what I would do. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. We get Edge versus Finn Balor in an I quit match. Now, this is interesting enough with the I quit aspect of it, right? Because we're to believe Edge isn't going to quit. No. But I feel like Finn Balor somehow wins this, right? No. 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 That's With the edge. Judgment Day and them trying to like make them a, a major focal point of their shows? Yeah, no. Now, I feel like we get maybe Dominic Mysterio does something here. Maybe we get a whole Mick Foley, you know, says I quit, but it was a tape message. Remember that? Like, maybe mm-hmm. we get Oh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, or maybe AJ Styles comes out and joins the Judgment Day, which, by the way, side note. So Dominic Mysterio joins the Judgment Day. AJ Styles now is flirting with the Judgment Day and mad at Rey Mysterio. Does everyone hate Rey Mysterio? I mean, don't you? I mean, is he the problem here? (laughs) See the Sammy Guevara here? What's going on? (laughs) Everyone hates Rey Mysterio. Yeah, even Seth Rollins tried to poke his eye out. Yeah, I mean. Everybody hates Rey Mysterio. Who's the common denominator, right? Like. Maybe yeah. everyone hates Ray. Do a show called Everyone Hates Ray, where it's just yeah. him walking around and he gets picked on the entire time. <laughs> ah, that'd be fun. No, but I got I got Edge. I got Edge. I think Edge is gonna do. And okay. then I think this is him then transitioning out of that storyline. I think then we'll do something yeah. different with him out of this. Well, we get a strap match with Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. So I feel like Karrion Cross is a Triple H pet, right? So it makes me, again, that's peeking behind the curtain. Makes me want to say Karrion Cross. If I'm watching the shows and I'm going, I believe this is real kayfabe storyline, I think Drew McIntyre wins. So I'm going to say Karrion Cross wins. This is a fucking tough spot they put themselves in. Because if Karrion Cross loses his first fucking feud, well, that just came in like a turd in a punch bowl, right? But then if you have Drew McIntyre lose the championship, be forced to sing with Tyson Fury after he got his ass kicked, and then loses a strap match to Karrion Cross, the fuck does that mean for him? Unless this continues, right? Scarlet somehow gives him the Kansas City comp punt, and then we continue this on to the next or that's just it. Maybe we just transition out of it, right? Scarlet costs him, but then Drew McIntyre's like, I want another fight. And then someone else comes in and distracts Drew McIntyre. Then they go off and Karrion Cross yeah, finds a yeah, new victim. Yeah. Right. I, I'm still yeah. going Karrion Cross. I think, no. Yes, I'm going Karrion. No. No, I'm going Drew McIntyre. I'm going Drew McIntyre. Okay. It's a, it's a specialty right, match. That's why. Yeah, right. We've got Raw Women's Championship on the line. Bianca Belair versus Bailey in a ladder match. And I feel like they might pull the trigger here and have Bailey win. Yeah. The this is where control gets involved. All they have all the gold, because isn't the two of them the Bianca's tag had champs? this for a long time now. Yeah, and she's stale. Look, I think yeah. she's a supreme athlete. I think her matches are very fun. Oh, she's even better. Her promos have gotten better. I've watched a few of those. I'm like, yeah, not bad. Like, yeah, you're, she, you're, you're improving. Bad. She's yes. definitely improving. Everything is improving, but nothing is worth watching, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> get her off. 
Bailey's the best. Right. I think Bailey is the best in WWE as far as the women's talent. I think she's one of the best in the entire company, but definitely of the women's talent. Speaking of nothing worth worth watching, Ronda Rousey is going to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship against Liv Morgan in an Extreme Rules match. And this is another one where I'm like, ah, it doesn't surprise me either way. But I feel like they're going to try to keep pushing Liv Morgan, so I think she wins. This means no DQ, correct? Right. No DQ. Well, but we have no seen count a, out probably. Right, but we have seen a DQ. You can use things in Extreme Rules, right? Yeah, but we have seen a DQ in a hell in a cell so don't put it past him to fucking do a dq and a no dq match um fucking idiots i think they're so bad at fucking just everything um i think i think ronda wins i think ronda wins i think we're gonna get like badass heel ronda this is where she takes it too far and we boo her as she becomes champion that's what i think all right well the last match we have on the list here is a fight pit with special guest referee Daniel Cormier. Nah, that's fun, isn't it? Matt Riddle taking on Seth freaking Rollins. Matt Riddle wins this, or does he? Because Seth Rollins, man, feels like he's been not winning a whole lot of things lately, right? No, Seth has been winning. He's been kicking Matt Riddle's ass. Is that what you said? Well, I mean, against Riddle, but like as far as before Cody. the feud with Riddle. Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked by Cody. Yeah. I, ooh. So mm-hmm. let me throw this. I feel at like you, they're Tim. trying to push Riddle as like a top guy, right? Well, now, but right? let me like throw this top. at you, Tim. Mm. Fight pit. Special guest referee, Daniel Cormier. So that means no one else is getting in, right? There is no one else to help Seth Rollins. Except for Daniel Cormier. And Daniel Cormier cost Matt Riddle the match. Then we get Matt Riddle versus Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier. at Survivor Series. Because you know what the payoff is here, it's right, all Tim? over ESPN and all right. over the fucking, right. But even more so than that, you know what the payoff of Daniel Cormier is, right? Hmm. This yeah. all leads to Brock Lesnar. They were supposed to have a fight in the UFC. Remember, Brock Lesnar went into the octagon after Daniel Cormier became the champion. He pushed him. They were going to fight. Never materialized. They're going to get the payoff in WWE. <sighs> There it is. Seth said, when he was talking about this in his promo, he said, talking about a match that will soon become synonymous with my name. So maybe he knows he's winning. I mean, it makes sense. Like, the is WWE, there any back footage of Matt Riddle shit talking Daniel Cormier? No, but he there is shit talking a lot of folks. Oh yeah, but there is footage of Daniel Cormier freaking out and damn near crying when Seth Rollins cashed in at WrestleMania on Roman mm-hmm. Reigns and Brock Lesnar. He even had okay. the little money in the bank, got it signed and all that stuff. Oh, so, so he's like a legit wrestling fan. Oh, he loves oh, okay. wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You should go back and watch when Israel Adesanya in his last fight walked out as The Undertaker. Cormier sounded like a seven-year-old in a candy store. He was just like, oh, my God, this is so great. Oh, my like, he just lost right. his mind. He is a huge wrestling fan. And I think he'll yeah. apply his athleticism, even though he's a little fat guy, uh, to being a good wrestler. And I think, yeah. We, t- we we touch a match with Matt Riddle, but then we go to the the appetite or the the main main course here, and it's going to be Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier. But we got to get there somehow, Matt Riddle and him. But then that would make him a heel. I don't fucking know. Hey, hold on, hold on. God Riddle wins this because you still can get to Cormier and Lesnar. Yeah, Riddle winning this because Seth Rollins will be out there 
talking to shit next Monday and he's poking Daniel Cormier in the there chest. And Daniel yeah, Cormier yeah. goes to like, ah. Uh, and then fucking he's like, hey, if I can beat up Seth Rollins, I can beat up other wrestlers. And then he's, you know, now he's a wrestler. And then Brock yeah. Lesnar's like, oh, you think you can beat up other wrestlers? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You I can got even get Bobby Lashley. You could even get. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I got I I talked myself out of it. I got Matt Riddle, but again, mark my words right now, October sixth, twenty twenty two. I'm telling you, at WrestleMania, it is Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier. Bet yeah. you a dollar. I'll bet anyone a dollar. Yeah, one whole dollar. Huh? One whole dollar. Bet you. All right, all right, cool. Well, yeah. So that's Extreme Rules. I mean, yeah, we've said this before. WWE will deliver a fine pay per view event. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. But can I tell you one other thing, though? I just think, I think people want WWE to be so good. And I Mm -hmm. think if you look at it just on its surface value, I don't think it's that good. Case in point, Extreme Rules is supposed to be where we get this white rabbit payoff. First off, do you oh, think yeah, that happens? Know. Where would that come in? Where would that come into play? I oh, I mean, that could just that. be that could just be someone does an in-ring interview and then that person gets taken out by the white rabbit. So, one, do you think we get that at Extreme Rules? And two, what do you think of the white rabbit? Because I'm I'm about over it. I don't know that we do get it at Extreme Rules because I just think we're going to get more of the same. And I think that's going to be where they fail a little bit with it. Whereas, like, they should have pulled the trigger already. And they're like, look at all the response we're getting from all the online uh, treasure hunt. Make up more treasure hunt. Yeah. You know what it feels like to me? And this is a a dated reference. But if you go back to Lost, where when you would watch an episode of Lost, it was like, oh, the number on the door means that Alexander the Great's conquering in 1918. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? The episode was boring. But it's like, but you see, if you do this and you scan that and look here, and that's what I feel like we're doing with the White Rabbit, where it's like, but did you see the QR code behind Edge? Well, I've said with this, if they deliver anybody but Bray Wyatt, everybody is going to be underwhelmed. Unless it's Vince. and, yeah, and then if they deliver Bray Wyatt, if they don't do it, and now we're going to be underwhelmed. It could Tim, be nice. what if it's fucking Vince McMahon? <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. He brings in a faction, and he's like, I was forced to leave. If anyone's going to kill this promotion, it's me. It's <laughs> him like, and Trump. And <laughs> Tim and Trump, two-man yeah. power trip. <laughs> Austin and Triple H. This is a real two-man power trip. Oh, that's what it's Vince. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. Yeah, it's it's totally Vince. The White Rabbit is Vince. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. All right, so that's Extreme Rules, but also happening this weekend, October 8th, GCW Career versus Title Champion, your heavyweight champion, not only of AEW. The champion of GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, John Moxley, puts his championship on the line against the heart and soul of GCW, Nick Gage, who will be putting his career on the line. It goes down GCW Fight Club Night 1, Saturday, October 8th on Fight TV, Moxley versus Nick Gage career versus title what happens here nick gage wins because 
I need Nick Gage to win. I can't go the rest of my life without having more Nick Gage moments. He can't retire. Love him. I love that energy. I love the energy. Yeah, that love Nick that Gage fucking has. energy. <laughs> but to, so I've been seeing them workouts. Yeah, that man. <laughs> oh, love Nick Gage. Ah, God, he's so cool. <laughs> it is. You should watch him on Instagram. Uh, he's fucking, he's fucking inspired because he can barely move and he's fucking moving weight. Um. So, do you think shenanigans? Do you think Matt Cardona costs the title for John Moxley? Because that could be the I way mean, you get it off him, right? Is he loses, but he doesn't lose clean. It's a Cardona. It's a, you know. I mean, Nick Gage is Ricky also Shane a face, Gage. right? I mean, he could win the match. But we're not supposed to believe that Nick Gage could, you know. But the thing with GCW is the brutality of it. I mean, Moxley's the best wrestler, but yet that don't matter much when light tubes are being broken in your eyeball. The story, as as far as I understand it, I don't watch the weekly television or you know any of that. I watch when they get to the pay per views, and I watch Nick Gage because yeah. Nick Gage is the fucking man. But I, I think the story's always been that John Moxley's only the champion because he wants to fucking murder Nick Gage, right? Remember, he's right, like, yeah. I don't care about this title. This title yeah, is to get fucking... you to fight me, and so yeah, I, it's it's interesting because then I mean, it would shock me if Nick Gage had to retire and he can't do this anymore, and and that's go, how he goes okay, out on a shield with yeah. his you know former mm-hmm. best friend, or I guess they're still friends, but like really close old pal John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could see that. Oh, I'll cry. Oh, that would make me so sad. That'd make me more oh, sad. Oh, they would than... have a bloody hug in the middle of the ring. Oh yeah, I'd have to call you. I'd have to call you and just mm-hmm. talk to you, talk to you about it. Just like, yeah, I'd have to talk you down off the ledge. I know. That would make me more sad than when Jungle Boy said he got his heart broke by Luchasaurus. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that to happen. I love Nick Gage. I love John Moxley though too. And you got to think, breaking the fourth wall here. Tony Khan's not like, hey, I'm having my champion just lay down. That's why I think a Matt Cardona or someone is getting involved. Maybe even a new heel that we're not even aware of. Someone new to the promotion. It's Vince. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Vince comes out with some light tubes. Was, as soon as you left, my company went to shit. Fuck you, Moxley. <laughs> Vince McMahon's got a pizza cutter and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> There you go. You heard it here first. Vince McMahon caused John Moxley, the GCW champion. With the pizza cutter. With the pizza cutter. There it is. That's it. That's it. I don't know of any other way to end this show other than with that visual. Do you? I mean, that's the perfect way. I mean, no other way. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. So I'll just leave you with that. Keep that on your mind while you listen back to this episode seven or eight times until we see you next week right here on the Spanish announce table. The Spanish announce table.